Um, today we uh, we start a new series on the uh, book of Acts, um, and it's this is really just an introduction, so uh, it might be just a, a shorter version of what we're looking at. But this is a, a kind of twelve week study. It might go into more, but we're looking at a twelve week study, um, and really what we're looking at um, is. Um, that we learn and gain knowledge of the Bible. We, we we read it and that's good and that's great, but there, there, there's always an interchange between the two that when we learn about the Bible, uh, what we then do is we then act upon it. Uh, and I think, I think that is something that we need to learn both things. It is both a um, learning and gaining knowledge of the word, um, but that we also learn to practice or act upon it as it were. Uh, I also believe that God has put on my heart a, a thing uh, for a season uh, at least uh, to tell you that above all else that goes on around us and to us, that the light of God cannot be uh, diminished no matter how hard the enemy or the world might try to tell us otherwise. And this morning, uh, certainly as I was preparing for this, I was reminded of this verse in John. Uh, John 1 verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. That's a, that's a great verse, especially in these times of uncertainty and we're dealing with uh, things that are just really uh, hitting us quite hard and uh, and it's good to know that uh, once the light shines in the darkness, the darkness cannot overcome it again. It's, it's an ever-present light in the darkness. So today, I think we, we should get an overview of, of understanding of the place and purpose and the context of the book of Acts. And I think it just represents uh, where we need to be. Uh, we need to be bold, confident um, in the Lord that we can go out and we can share our faith with people. And, and hopefully they will come to the Lord through through his power, through the Holy Spirit. And so what I'll do is we'll go through, we'll just go through the book really just as an introduction. Uh, and then we'll, we'll go and continue through. Um, over the weeks of looking at the book of Acts. So let, let's summarise the book of Acts um, and we can take a quick look at a few sections uh, to give us some context as we begin our study of this really great book indeed. Um, and it begins with showing us the beginnings of the early church, one that goes from exclusively Jewish institution uh, to becoming a Gentile and ultimately an international institution. So this is like the launch of the early church and and obviously, as we do church, it's kind of a version of that that you see today. It's kind of, you know, we, we do our best to do it. And, you know, we get it right and wrong. It, it kind of goes um, uh, different shades of church. But but ultimately, we, we try to sort of look at this way of, of uh, always look back to the, the core of what the early church did. Uh, but what we find at the beginning is the events of Pentecost and a sermon presented by Peter uh, to all the um all the gathered Jews, and we find that as a result of that sermon, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. Then we see the gospel witness through Philip move further out to uh, the Samaritans and the proselytes. We see Stephen falsely accused and stoned to death as he preaches. Then we introduced to Saul, who later was convicted of his oppression and imprisoning of Christians when he has a life-changing moment on the road to Damascus and becomes Paul. Now, I don't know if you ever wondered, uh, maybe you're not up with the Christian, uh, the, the word, the Bible, and, and what happens, but many people use this term uh, when they say 
uh, I had my road to Damascus moment. Uh, and this is what they're talking about with Paul. It's uh, talking about how we can, uh, how we, we change from one to the other. Um, and it's, it's used mostly in a worldly sense. I think we've, we've heard people say, we may have heard about the Bible, may have heard about Paul. Um, but, but from a truly Christian perspective, uh, it describes a, a once uh, opposition against Jesus to one that is a life lived for him. We then see uh, the gospel being shared among Gentiles. Everyone else we see, uh, and everyone else, we see a Roman commander uh, and some of his men become followers of Christ, which is fantastic. And the good news continues to spread across other regions outside of Jerusalem. Paul and Barnabas go on their first two missions to the Gentile world with victory and opposition. Uh, and Paul and Silas then continue to spread the good news into Macedonia. And we see Lydia, a woman who sold purple fabric, the first convert along with her entire household, come to the Lord. Paul preaches to the Greek philosophers, fascinating time, on Mars Hill on his third mission. We then finally see Paul arrested and put on trial. Uh, at its centre, though, uh, when we really sort of come away from the different moments, uh, different points in Acts itself, it is a book about God's grace filling the world. It is the the spread of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ because of his death and resurrection. Acts shows that the gospel is not expanded through human effort, uh, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. As Christians who believe in this almighty power of God, we should expect to be used as vessels and examples of the power of the gospel of Christ. And not that we determine its reach or or very power of it. Acts is a, is especially relevant um, at this time as it reflects, I think, the power of God to overcome geography, to overcome culture, language, gender, wealth, weakness, and suffering. And as the world deals with coronavirus, I believe it's right to know that our lives into eternity do not have to be determined by it. We should do well to be an example as law-abiding Christians, staying away from conspiracy theories and instead living by the power of Christ who lives in us through the Holy Spirit. It is a sad state of affairs uh, that unfortunately there are people who, are, who succumb to theories, to conspiracy theories and lies which I think ultimately are fed by the enemy, are fed by the devil in order to subvert people to try and bring them away from Christ and these do include things like living to the law of the land which we are told to do as Christians but you, you might look at Acts and, and say well, well wasn't Paul an example of how he defied earthly authority and we'll, we'll find that how, how that really pans out but on the face of it that's what it seems when we look at it we, we see this uh, we see what we think is a defiant defiance of authority but to use the Bible as a disguise for our own uncontrolled, selfish, fleshly desire to subvert authorities for our own means is to entirely misunderstand the purpose of Acts and ultimately the Bible as a whole. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual <clears throat> forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul himself, and certainly we see this in Acts, when we see in Acts 25, verse 7 to 8, uh, says the same thing. 
uh, it says uh, Acts 25, 7 to 8, when Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him. Towards the end of Acts, this is, uh, and they brought him many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. Then Paul made his defence. I've done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. What Acts affirms is that whilst we experience the sinfulness and brokenness of flesh and blood, there is something much bigger at play. More urgently, Christians are called to recognise that the prince of power of this earth, that the enemy, is far more dangerous and influences those who are not for God, so as to try to exert his power. Ephesians 2 Verse 1 to 2 says, as, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So Christians are called to see the battle in spiritual and not in flesh. This we'll see as we go through throughout Acts and we will learn that seeing the battle in the spiritual realm means our own flesh and blood agendas remain secondary to God's plans. God's plans, and that's a very difficult thing for for us, just as people generally not uh, not only whether you're Christian, uh, but you're not Christian even that we actually do struggle with um, putting our agenda second, um, even if we were to say that we would put other people first. There is at some point our agendas. Uh, do come out and, and, and we do selfishly act at times. But more so as Christians, what we're called to do and as Acts will show is that we are called to uh, bigger purposes, bigger things than our own agendas, political or not, whatever they are, that our agendas, uh, certainly our plans must be aligned with God and so carry out God's plan, God's agenda and not our own. John 18 verse 36 says Jesus said my kingdom is not of this world if it were my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders we looked at this uh, I think a couple of weeks ago but now my kingdom is from another place the preaching of the gospel in Acts is to tell people that Christ will return one day to rule and to trust and believe in him before that day comes and certainly before Christ returns and judges all of us. But it starts with a message of grace. The warning call, the, the, the call to people, to all people, is of grace. That at this time, people are welcome to give their lives to Jesus, uh, whatever state we are in, so that we may receive eternal life in him. So that before the time comes, before he returns, we may be judged to be righteous, not of ourselves, but of God's righteousness. It continues with us who have seen and accepted the truth, but ultimately, in its own power, will continue to spread around the world. And what we find in Acts again and again is a call to, above all else, be a witness to the world of grace and salvation of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
this is the core verse, Acts 1, verse 8, of what everything really hangs on for Acts. Um, they can only do this through the Holy Spirit. They can only witness uh, of God, of Jesus Christ and his salvation because the power of the Holy Spirit en enables them to do so. We'll also see in Acts uh, how people who, who claim to be for Jesus, who claim to heal in his name, are those who are actually not for Jesus at all and using it for means that are not for the kingdom, but for themselves. And we'll learn what that means, that only through the Holy Spirit can we really see change, can we really see change in ourselves. And as we preach what the Holy Spirit tells us, who, who is speaking from Jesus, can we then uh, take part in this uh, world-changing, life-changing gospel. But Acts shows that Christianity is, is not just another religion. It doesn't exist to complement life on earth, but to change our lives, to live as foreigners on this earth and citizens of the kingdom of heaven. It reflects God's plan of redemption as God had been building in the Old Testament. What we see as foreshadows in the Old Testament, we now see fully realised through Jesus Christ. Acts serves to show that living a Christian life is not a formula or a method. It's not a different set of rules to live by morally, but instead a Christian life is one that is lived acknowledging that the law was only fulfilled through Jesus Christ, that my sin was only uh, paid for because of Jesus and not anything that I did. Whilst we are not able to keep the law of the Bible in our own strength, living a life in Jesus means that we still live to honour God. We accept that we're not able to live perfectly in this life, but that as Jesus is able, then as we abide in him, we are able to honour his sacrifice. In the midst of our failings, being forgiven and redeemed in him as we submit ourselves to him, we can still serve Jesus because of that forgiveness, because of that salvation, we can still be servants of the Lord. It is a gift from God to be able to, to be given the opportunity to repent and so to be redeemed. As we go through this book, we will find that one third of this book of Acts is, is made up of speeches. And most of these are by Paul and Peter. And these speeches represent the good news of salvation accomplished in Christ and carried out through the Holy Spirit. It was their calling to show that God's mission is to reconcile the world to himself through Jesus Christ by giving us the undeserving and the most powerful gift of grace to us as sinners. I said this morning this would be a short message, uh, and, and that it, it is. I have, I have uh, somewhat, whatever that means, to control myself as we ease ourselves back into this, um, uh, this new year. Um, but I, I want you to know that as we look through the book of Acts, we're not just gaining knowledge. The purpose of this introduction is, to, is to, just to give you a flavour of what it means to give your life to Christ. What does it mean to live past that moment where we say, uh, I've, I'm now in Christ, what do I do? And, and so often, unfortunately, us as churches, we, we just don't quite nail it. We, we get 
we have people who come and recognize Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, and sometimes we just, not on purpose at all, but we just, we just don't see the disciple journey that's required. Uh, and we are, as a church, learning from that ourselves. Uh, but it's so important to understand that life doesn't stop uh, when we give our lives to Jesus at that moment. It is that we've been given a new life to live for him. And so what I hope to get out of this over these next 12, 12 weeks and maybe maybe longer, depending on what we get into and what the Holy Spirit guides us on, uh, is to really understand that the purpose and mission of, of a follower of Jesus Christ. And so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to pray now uh, and then we'll get into some worship and then we'll, we'll pray at the end. So let, let's just pray together right now. Lord, we, we want to thank you that you... Um, just think of what I just said about easing us in gently. Uh, and Lord, our life, um, yeah, sometimes you're e easing us in gently, but you are easing us in, uh, Lord. You are teaching us how to live a fuller life in Jesus all the time. You're, you're showing us what it means to be disciples of you. What, what is the cost? What is the, the benefit? And Lord, there is nothing even when we can... Uh, as I think of that, the cost and benefit, we can analyse this, Lord, and, and think, well, oh, Lord, um, is it worth it? What do I get out of it? And actually, Lord, this, the gospel isn't about that. It's about what we can get out of it. It's what we have been given and what we are allowed to accept. We can accept Jesus or we can reject him. But it certainly is not just another pros and cons, another spreadsheet to calculate whether it's worth being a Christian. It is on the face of it and in the content of it. To be a Christian is to live for Jesus in, in, the, in the best way we can. Not falsely, not legally, not legalistically. But Lord, acknowledge that you are king of the universe. And in that acknowledgement to recognise that our sin, our sin damages us and the world. It damages us and everyone else. Our actions broken in, in, in what we do has repercussions and effects on people. And so, Lord, I don't, I don't make this, uh, as you don't in your word, Lord, I don't, I don't make this a pretty message. I don't make this uh, a message that is just nice and fluffy. To become a Christian is a call to be from one thing to another, to be from dead to alive. It is not merely a, a place in the grey. It is not to just to be a nicer person. It is not about just to be... Uh, a, a more happier person. It is to live a life acknowledging, firstly, that our sin means we are broken and in need of a saviour. But secondly, that when that acknowledgement comes, that we can give our lives to Jesus and he will restore us and redeem us to himself. Oh Lord, what a, what a, a, a backward way of looking at things from a worldly point of view. If you seek the brokenness of your of your sin, you see that you are sinful and broken, you can finally be restored and redeemed into eternity with Jesus. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how the world needs this message and 
we continually as Christians need to understand this message, that it is not about how well we do, but how well we how, how we serve and reflect the glory of Jesus in our living, in our actions, in our words. Lord, we thank you that you you provide us with a way out when we mess up, when we we do things that do not reflect your glory, when they do not <clears throat> reflect the grace of God, of Jesus Christ. Lord, we seek that forgiveness today, but Lord, we also thank you that in seeking that forgiveness, we can be set free into a life uh, in serving you and in, in just enjoying your presence, enjoying your calling, your a prayer with you, a conversation with you. Oh Lord, I thank you. I'm just thinking my own coming to you as a, as a, a, as a before as a Christian and think, Lord, life was empty. <laughs> life for me did not have meaning. When I, when I finally recognize you, Lord, I recognize there was more to life than this. There's more to life than just being born, growing up, getting older and dying. It is so much more than that. It is a life lived to the glory of God and then some, because in the glory we will be redeemed and fully sanctified in God when we meet him. Oh Lord, how we pray for those and thank you for those who follow you and are now with you today, Lord, that are with you in glory, who are fully sanctified in your grace, in your salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you have all purposes that we need. That you know where our lives need to go, the direction. But Lord, we thank you that we uh, have a choice to make, that a decision to make. It is simply not a uh, emerging, rather from dead to alive. Oh Lord, may that attract people to the faith of being from one thing to a new thing, an old thing to a new thing. Lord, we thank you that we have access. We thank you that we can come, give our lives to you, and we can be in the presence of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you for all these things.